Hello, this is Kevin McMullen, Senior Pastor of Independence Christian Center. Thanks for joining us as we break the bread of life today. Our prayer is that your faith in our Lord Jesus Christ is strengthened by this word. God bless you. Ephesians chapter 6, we'll begin reading with verse 10. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in whom? Not in ourselves, but in the Lord. And the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the schemes, the methods, the plans of the devil. Yes, he plots against us. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood people. But against the rulers against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Demonic spirits are our enemies, not people. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand, many, many uh, versions say resist right there, in the evil day and having done all to stand firm, to resist in the evil day. We are living in evil days. You know, I don't want to belabor the point because we've spoken about it at length. Yet for the online uh, auditor, listener, watcher, viewer, it would be worth pointing out that we live in evil days in which institutions here in the West are losing their minds and are hell bent. And I use that term theologically on destroying themselves, destroying our culture, destroying families. Our next, you know, our next series that I'm planning on doing I don't know whether I'm going to call it male and female or family feud. <laughs> I'm still playing around with that. You all pray for me. <laughs> but anyway, um, you, know, the, you know, challenging the most basic, scientifically provable facts. It doesn't matter how many hormones you dump into a male. He will still be an XY. No matter what. It doesn't matter how you mutilate him, you know, uh, uh, surgically or her surgically. All right. We have lived to see a day when people in high positions of authority create their own science. You know, and how many of you know that you know, I, I was looking at a thing about, you know, what, you know, respected institutions and all that kind of stuff. And I, it was prepared, you know, it was, it was compared to 10 years ago. And the medical profession has taken a major hit. I can't imagine why. Strife in our nation between the government and corporations, which are in league with the government, pull in one way. And so many of those who are traditionalists and those who are conservative, it, not necessarily in the in the political sense, but in the in the theological sense and in the social sense are having we're having to exert pressure against that. 
In fact, that's what it says. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to resist, withstand. If you and I are going to triumph in this day, we will have to exert pressure, strength, energy. We will have to swim upstream. That's all there is to it. Right. And, you know, we're, we see so many people yelling and so few people listening. We've watched our own government become a stench in the nostrils of God. Somebody said, why would you say that? Well, I can think of at least one, two scriptures in Proverbs that says an unjust balance is a is an abomination to God. And so, you know, if you're politically connected, you know, you can do this over here and you get a slap on the wrist. But if you're an enemy of of the political class, then you get the book thrown at you. And if you think that hadn't, you know, well, amen. In the midst of all of that, you and I are called to be lights. You and I are called to be rocks of stability. Our motives must be correct. They must be right. They must be pure. And that is, my motive is not just to survive. My motive isn't even to thrive in the midst of all of this, which I believe God does want us to thrive. But that's not my motive. My motive is to be a rock for those around me. My motive is to be pleasing to God in all respects. Bearing fruit in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of him. Now I want to come back to that word resist. Or withstand. Alright. You will have to exert force. You will have to stand firm. I am telling you right now. It's accelerating dramatically this year. And by the end of the year. We've already seen a lot happen. We are in the lull before the next pop of the storm. I think this fall into the winter, it's going to get crazy. And we, I'm telling you, saints, those who are doers of the word, those who are faithful and are clinging to God, have nothing about which to worry. But those who don't should be. What was that thing? Be afraid. Be very afraid. Amen. The fact is, you know, in 2 uh, uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. You do understand that we do war, right? Amen. If you were just looking for being able to spiritually sit on a beach, enjoy the tide coming in, and suck on a cold drink, and just... You know, chillax until the second coming of Jesus. I hate to tell you this, but we live in a war and it will require exertion. It will require sacrifice. It will require those things. And we'll go get we'll get to sit on a beach after this is over. Amen. For eternity. I've you know, I, I don't know what kind of a beach God has picked out for me, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. But I also want forests and mountains. Okay. We do not, you know, the, it goes on to say, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, not carnal, it says in the King James, but divinely powerful, mighty through God, for the destruction of fortresses. 
We are destroying speculations, reasonings, thought patterns, every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. We are seeing scientific, corporate, and even now many within the wayward church proclaiming things as noble and right and awesome, which are an absolute direct contradiction of the scripture. And are taking every thought into captivity. I like the way the, in fact, Susan, if you could put 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5 from the ESV up. I don't think I have that. I don't think I put that on here. I did not. And I wish now I had. And so we'll just wait half a second here because she is super fast. And we'll get this done, even though, you know, I'm, you know, she's, you know, with this system, it takes longer to put stuff up than it did previously because of all of our, uh, you know, web, uh, you know, web stuff that we do. And so it, it, it takes a minute. What? It's up. Okay. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. Next. Oops. I didn't tell her. Next. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. Oh, there's Susan now. <laughs> I look up and there is this streak across the back of the auditorium. From now on, her name is Flash. When you see her, hey, Flash, how you doing? All right. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Verse 5. It's coming. I think it comes up for you quicker than it comes up for me. Uh, well, this is six. Verse five. Verse, there we go. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. There it is. We are to stand for truth. We're not to be. Now, listen, we can be firm without being obnoxious. Don't misunderstand me. We have reached a place in our culture that if you disagree with a lot of people, they think you're obnoxious just because you're disagreeing with them. But be as kind as you can. Pray for them and stand for truth. Everybody say amen. It's true. All right. We led with that passage last week. But I want you to notice that we have read, we war not after the flesh. And we wrestle not. Our struggle is not. You know, we have... It is a contest. It is a disagreement. It is war. And it's not against people. We saw that in verse uh, 12 of uh, Ephesians 6. But against principalities, against the, uh, the rulers and against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And we are wrestling against demonically inspired values morals and ethics literally we have seen good become evil and evil become good you might say well why is that dangerous it is dangerous because people who are calling evil good and good evil feel the liberty to cancel us because we are now evil you you, you follow what i'm saying there all right and this is really you know elucidating when you think about it human false 
uh, proud, that is say arrogant, rebellious, or all of the obstacles set in front of, of people who would be seeking God. It is a war in which fleshly tactics are worthless because that puts us on the enemy's turf. Trying to holler louder than someone else will not, will not accomplish it. Our weapons are divinely powerful. Everybody say amen. Ephesians 6.10, what does Paul lead with? Be strong, how? In the Lord and the strength of his might. Mental toughness won't get this done. I mean, you'll wear out, all right? So the first thing we do, let's get down here. Ephesians 6, 14 through 17, the first part of 17. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, that's the belt, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows, flaming missiles, fiery darts of the evil one, and take, first part of verse 17, the helmet of salvation. Now, I know we think of all of these things as separate pieces because of the way Paul laid it out there. But I want to look at verse 16 again there for just a second because it says, in addition to all. That's probably the best way we could render the Greek in English. But the tense and the construction indicates that the shield of faith is the total package and the rest of it is, are the rest, whether it's the breastplate, the, the, the belt, the, the hobnail sandal of truth and, or the helmet, you know, of salvation. All of those funnel into the shield, that the shield of faith. All of these parts are part of, you know, our defense, our centerpiece. All right. Now, the, what, if you think about it, it makes perfect sense because the... Uh, the belt of truth, John 17, 17, in the high priestly prayer, Jesus said, sanctify them in truth. Your word, he was praying for us. Your word, he said to the father, is truth. So we got to get into the scripture and know what the scripture says. Because the scripture is truth. CNN is not truth. Fox News is not truth. CBS, ABC, NBC. I remember back in the day when uh, when we didn't have near as many choices for uh, video consumption that Gene referred to CBS, ABC, and NBC as the three false prophets. Well, guess what? The false prophets are multiplying. All right, and have multiplied. And so, you know, the, 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 you have the, the belt that holds everything together, the truth. Righteousness guards, the, 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 the breastplate guards our heart. We just heard it. I know who I am, right? I know whose I am. You got to know that. You got to know that. And I mean, you know that you know that you know that you know that you know. And if you think delusion hasn't even enter, hasn't entered our, our culture, we got people who don't even know what their gender is, irrespective of their plumbing. All right. Then the hobnail sandal, Roman sandal, where the you, you know where the is the peace of God that keeps you grounded and standing upright. When I was a, you know, there, you, when you do martial arts, you learn some stuff that's pretty amazing. And 
uh, one of the things we had to learn is when we would take a stance like this, the way you put your feet like that. And because when you, you know, if you're getting ready to, you know, to fight, you, you put your feet like this. And, the, and my, my Sifu, my, my instructor, came up and said, why do you do that? And, you know, hit like this and you come up and start pushing on me. And when you are like this and, you're, and your opponents come from, you would be amazed at how much stronger you are and how much stronger you can come back than if you're standing here like this. It's the way, you know, and that is exactly what Paul's talking about. We have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You know that you have peace with God, Romans 5, and we are working to spread that peace to others. Amen. Then there is the helmet of salvation. <laughs> the Greek word parakephalia means the around the thing, head thing. Literally, the around the head thing. You know, that is where our, you know, the helmet of salvation. What, did, what, did, what does James say? Receive the word engrafted, which is able to save your souls. If you don't have something to protect your thinking... Why do you think they give uh, our, our soldiers wear helmets, Kevlar, so that if, if rounds hit it or shrapnel hits it, it bounces off rather than going through and scrambling your brain. So put the helmet on. Receive the word engrafted. You know, uh, it, it, it's, that's James 1.21, by the way. We'll get to that later. This isn't just about have. Now, here's the thing. This isn't just about having knowledge of God or even some sort of familiarity with the, the scripture. It is about an intimate knowledge of the, the scripture, an intimate knowledge of God. In fact, that's the difference between the word gnosis, from which we get our word Gnostic, and epignosis, and that when we read Ephesians 1 and 17, that's what Paul says when he's praying. That the Lord, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge. It's not just knowledge. It is the full knowledge. It is the experiential knowledge. It is the up close and personal knowledge. I was talking with one of my neighbors the other day. And... Uh, she's an attorney that, used, you know, has held several relatively uh, prestigious positions here in the Jackson County area. And, you know, I said something, we were talking about something, and I said, well, my son's, you know, working to, uh, you know, in Jeff City about that. She goes, that's your son? Well, she knew the last names were the same, but she didn't realize that he was, he was my son. I said, yeah, that's, he's my youngest son. And she said, oh, well, you know, and she started, because now she's talking to somebody who knows that person well. Okay. You might run into somebody that says, well, I know him because they shook hands. Or I know him because they exchanged emails or something, you know, instant message or messenger on Facebook or some other such thing. But, you know, he and I have a long relationship. I was there when he was born. 
standing in the room. All right, right there. And and so I've known him all of these years. And so you could say I know him intimately in that in the in the in the psychological sense. All right. Well, that is the relationship we are to have with the word. I was just talking to a relative here last week saying when you get that scripture out and you and I said this is and I was telling this individual this is what I do. I read it out loud and I've discussed my Bible reading you know, plan that I have before. I'm not going to go that in, into that here. But as I read it, particularly if it's a historical passage, I try to put some oomph behind it, some feeling. Like if James says, if you just say, go your way, be warm and filled, what good is that? I'll say, be, filled, be warmed and filled, go, you know, and be blessed. What good is that? You know, put some into it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And see, a lot of people just want to sit down with the scripture and they just want to read it like they're reading a science book or they're reading something like that. They're just punching their ticket. I read my chapter today, etc. And that is not the kind of knowledge that we need going forward. It is where we break that open and we begin to read it and we fellowship with God around his living word. And we and, and and when I open it up, I say, Father, feed me from your word. Reveal yourself to me. Help me to get my head wrapped around you. Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to me. I've used this illustration so many times, but it's so true. And that was when I was a kid, I was a huge fan of the TV show Get Smart. You know, Don Adams, Barbara Feldon. How many of you remember the show? You know, and I went back and actually watched a little bit of one the other day. I thought, boy, this is goofy. And it is lower the cone of silence. So I'm but and then, you know, we we used to get a thing uh, in school called the weekly reader. Remember the weekly reader and the weekly reader thing would have a, you know, and you could order books. You know, you could order books and boy, were they cheap, like 15 cents or a quarter, you know, like that. And somebody had written three or four get smart books. They were they were little books written with Maxwell Smart and 99 and Larrabee and Chief and everybody in chaos and all the people involved in it like that. And I thought, oh boy. So I asked my mom for 15 cents and I ordered a Get Smart book. And when it, you know, and you know how when you order it, even though it only might take two weeks, when you're that age, that was 30 years it took to get to me. And I got it and I started reading it and to my absolute amazement, I could hear Don Adams' voice in my head when I was reading Max, Maxwell Smart's uh, quotes and lines. I could, it, was, it was bizarre. And I could hear Barbara Feldon doing 99 or whatever the, I, I can't remember the name of the guy that played the chief and everything. And that is exactly the way it is in our spirit. When we are approaching this word devotionally, you may not hear it in your head, but I promise your spirit hears the voice of God, the voice of him who penned it. And what did Paul say in First Thessalonians 2.13? I thank God you did not receive our word as the word of men, but what it really is, the word of God, which performs its work in you who believe. Praise God. You know, it, when, you, when you know the scripture, when you know God 
up close and personal. It, it changes. It, 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 that's your helmet. It changes your very perception of the world. I was talking to a guy that's a flight instructor the other day about how long it would take me to get current again. And he said, well, you know, and he's, you know, he was kind of running through it. He said, you know, he said, even as long as you've been away from it, he said, you, I can tell, you know, by the way you talk, you remember it, you know, and I, because I'm hitting all these points and, and calling all this stuff out. You know, if somebody were to walk up to me and say, oh, you're a pilot. Yes, I'm a pilot. Like they could start asking me questions and I would be able to speak the lingo because I am, I am, a, I'm really a pilot. I'm not somebody that just bought a, you know, a, 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 a Microsoft flight simulator and, you know, fly. I mean, you know, I've brought airplanes down through clouds onto the runway. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm what they would call the real deal. All right. And so when uh, and, and you know what? People who are pilots would know that about you by talking to you without even asking to see your ticket, you know, your license. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 7. Now look at this. Enough instruction or illustration or, or introduction, I should say. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? We think of discipline in, as spanking. You know, or, you know, punishment. But that's not what that word means. Would it include it? Yes. But the gist of it, let me read it to you again with the, 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 the author's true intent. It is for training that you endure. God deals with you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not train? Again, it's not just, now what is training? When I was in the, in the military, when I was in the army, when I was going through basic training, we had to pass a test at the end of basic training to prove that we had learned everything before we could go on to AIT. If we didn't pass the test, we were recycled. And we got to do all of that again. <laughs> and so we had one particular question that I got asked on the G whatever it was test. And it's, we were taught in basic training. You would hear the drill sergeant say, you have just seen a flash on the horizon that you believe to be a nuclear explosion. Take appropriate action. Well, the appropriate action is to put your weapon on the ground and then lie on top of it and cover up because the shock waves are coming, right? And that was, and so... We're standing there in these little, little carols, I guess you would call it, where it's a shed and there are, there are dividers between it where I can't see the guy on my right and I can't see the guy on my left. The graders are standing out there. And so the, the proctor of the exam says, you have just seen a bright flash on the horizon. You believe to be a nuclear explosion? Take appropriate action. And so I throw myself down and I hear one of the graders or two of them laughing. Number two, you are a no-go, you know. And as we were getting up to go out, I said, what did he do? And they said, he went. <laughs> that guy had knowledge 
but he wasn't trained. You're not trained until you do what you've been taught to do. I say amen. What did Nike used to say? Just do it. Train up a child in the way he should go. Not educate. Train up a child in the way he should go. All right. The actual doing of the word is faith. That's it. That's the activation. If, if, if you want to put it that way. What does it say in 30, uh, Psalm 37 and 27 from the Amplified? Depart from evil and do good. Leave evil. It's not enough to just leave evil. What do you have to do also? Do good. Pour the cereal into the bowl. Guess what? It's going to taste dry if you don't add the milk. How many of you with me there? You know, I just, I'm, you know, pour the cereal in, add the milk, eat, and repeat. When I was a kid growing up, I was truly a cereal killer. I could eat an entire box of name it in one sitting. So, yeah. In fact, my sister even said, you know, we were talking about that names mean something like that. And she said, my name, Mary, means, is from Miriam. It means bitter tears. And I said, really? I said, I wonder what my name means. And she said, face down in bowl. <laughs> I, I don't remember a lot of things my sister said, but I remember that one very clearly. All right. Psalm 37, or yeah, Psalm 37 and, and 31. Righteousness guards the one whose way is blameless, but wickedness subverts the sinner. Righteousness guards. Let's say that together. Righteousness guards. All right. In fact, um, you know, if you were to uh, go on to Psalm 37, 31, it says that the, the righteous, out, the, the, the steps of the righteous will not slip. I love that. All right. It is the doers uh, in Proverbs 13 and 6. It says, you know, righteousness guards the one whose way is blameless. That is integrity. Integrity is when I receive the word, I make it part of me. Have any of you ladies ever made? Here comes the cake illustration. How many of you ladies have ever made frosting for a cake? Look at all that. Haven't had anybody told you you can buy it now? Well, anyway. And, and so when you get ready, you're, you know, you've made this frosting for this cake, this, this masterpiece of your cake. And it turns out that you need red or blue or green. Don't do blue. God, you talk about something. But, but green or whatever frosting for it. But once you've made your frosting and you're using confectioner sugar or whatever, or butter and butter or whatever like that, that isn't green. And so you need to do something to make it green. So what do you do? You add what? Food coloring. Exactly. And then, so do you just pour the food coloring on the, the little bowl thing? It's like, well, that's good enough. Certainly not. You have to actually integrate. Are you with me? You integrate the, 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 the food coloring 
into it, mix it in thoroughly. That is exactly what the scripture says over in, I believe it's Hebrews 4, where it says that the word that those who came out of Egypt received did not profit them because they didn't mix it with faith in their heart. You know, it's, you know, so many people today, and I haven't thought of this illustration in a long time. You'll go to the, you know, you go to the store and, uh, and you see, um, I love a yellow cake, good, moist yellow cake with chocolate frosting. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. And am I making anybody hungry besides myself? And you go to the grocery store and you look, there it is. In the box. They're right on the front of it. Yellow cake, chocolate frosting, Pillsbury, Betty Crocker, best choice, Bob's, whatever. And you take it home and you open it up and you pour it out. And you are bitterly disappointed to discover that there is no cake in that box. It's only dust. You know what I'm saying? And then you look at the back of it and... It says, to actually get a cake, you must, one, two, three, four, five. And we, we've got to be doers of that word. We have to follow the instructions. And it helps to have a coach. It helps to have a teacher. Remember one time I was trying to cook the, I was trying to make a frosting with with granular sugar, and you know, that's kind of hard to do, but that's all I had, and so you just cook it. You know, you, you get it hot, you know, so that it'll melt and everything like that. And I even put a candy thermometer in it because I'd seen my mom do that. Somebody else's knowledge is not your knowledge. And I thought, well, there's the temperature. Let's get it on up there. The higher the temperature, the better. Yeah, I got it all the way up to hard crack. I had no idea what that meant. And as it started to cool, it was a sheet cake that I'd made. And I spread that chocolate frosting all over the top of it. And you needed a jackhammer to get through the frosting. It was all the right ingredients, but it wasn't done correctly. So I, when I saw what was going on here, I stuck a knife underneath it and pried the entire slab of frosting off of the sheet cake. It's kind of like opening a manhole cover. It is, you know. Ain't nobody going to come eat anything I <laughs> after this. The word integrate, a person of integrity, is one who has taken, as David refers to in the Psalms, is someone who has taken that word and hidden it in his or her heart and allowed it to have an impact on them. James 1 and 22, I made reference to it a few minutes ago. Prove yourselves to be doers of the word and not mere hearers who delude themselves. There are some people that think, well, I can do it. It'll be okay. I don't need to do that. It'll be okay. It will not be okay. I've been saying that for years. And I'll tell you something else. I said many years ago, and you probably remember this, for those of you who have been here. I said, we're entering a day when that which used to work will not work anymore. And we're already seeing that happen. The government's trying to do all the stuff that it used to do and it always worked. No mas. No mas. Faith, that shield, defeats the incoming fiery missiles, temptations, feelings, 
anger, wrath, condemnation, fear. Those are the things the enemy will use against us. These are thoughts that he shoots, you know, or boom, that come in to, to get us off of our game. The shield blocks them. And as they come in, you know what it is? Nope. Nope. Uh-uh. I don't think so, devil. Boom. And all they do is bink. And they bounce off. Amen. And opens the door for a freer flow of grace. Because I'm not listening to what the enemy has to say. You're not listening to what the enemy has to say. So the shield requires Knowing the word. And I mean knowing that word intimately. Uh, John Osteen said in my presence and hearing in a small class at ORU many years ago. You put the word in when you don't know it and don't need it. And the Holy Spirit will pull it out when you do. We've all had that. Those of us who've been walking with the Lord for a while. We've all had that experience where something happens and we go "Ah," like this in scripture rises up on the inside of us. And here we are trying to say, Oh God, give me an epiphany. Give me a vision. Give me a revelation. When he already has spoken to us in his word. Amen. Amen. All right. Now, we've got our defensive weapon, but let's talk about an offense. What does he say there in uh, Ephesians uh, 6 and uh, 17? Or we'll come down... It says, or 17b, and take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Sorry, Susan, I don't think I gave that to you. I was uh, less than I gave, I, didn't, I gave you 18, but I didn't give you 17. Ephesians 6 and 17, the last part of it, it says, put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, I don't want to, there we go. I don't want to flog this theological dead horse, but there has been a debate in the community for tons and gangs and gangs and tons of years about the word logos, which means word, and the word hrema, which also means word. And several have pointed to the fact that hrema can mean the spoken word rather than the logos as the written word. You know what? There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of truth to both sides of the argument. There is some interchangeability there. I I have no I'm not you know, I'm not here to try to refight that war. But what I'm going to tell you is that that Hrema Theu that as it says in the in the Greek is the word of God on your lips, the spoken word. All right. Logos is the, you know, just for didactic purposes, teaching purposes, that Logos is the written word. It is the scholarly word. It is alive and living and sharper than any two-edged sword, no doubt about it. But there's something about the word coming off the lips of a believer that activates it in no other way can. Amen. Everything else is in some measure defensive. But when we start speaking the word, we're swinging our own weapon. 
with the, you know, and it is with that sword you are able to put the opponent down. Remember, we're fighting to win. We're not fighting to just hold a place and come to a stalemate. We resist with the idea that we will triumph. We resist with the idea we will overcome. We're not just trying to station keep. We're not just trying to hold our little area of ground. When condem- you know, and I mean, you whip out the word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so when condemnation comes, what do you do? Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. And you tell yourself that if you have to, even, you know, if you have to go over to first John and say that, you know, and whatever our heart condemns us, we will reassure our heart for God is greater than our heart. You're not saying what you think. You are saying what God said. You're saying what God thinks and what you're doing when you do that or what we do. When we do that, is that we are latching on to that scripture. We're latching on to that truth. We're latching on to that reality. And we are releasing it into our own life and reinforcing it in our own mind. When it looks like you're going to sink without a trace financially, you quote Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all. How many? How many? Your needs according to his riches, not the Federal Reserve, in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. How about healing? I mean, that's when you start quoting Matthew or Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24. By his stripes, I was healed. He himself bore my infirmities in his body on the tree by his stripes. I am now here's what we don't do. We don't say I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. (laughs) I'm not sick. That's calling those things that are as though they weren't. We don't do that. We call those things that be not as though they were. Right. And so what I do is I speak over my body what God says about my body. I am not denying reality. I'm going to be with me. You know, I'm not dragging a leg. That's your imagination. No. I was like, by a stripe. How you doing? I'm healed, brother. You know, I used to know a guy that when he had sneezed, he'd go, hmm, must be taking a healing. I remember when the Lord spoke that to me so many years ago, I was sitting on the front row of our classical Pentecostal church in Texas. And a guy was up preaching about faith and the shield of faith. And I had, I don't know, just an inward. And I'm, you know, I think it was from God because I'm in fact, I'm sure because it was so clear to me that I remember it to this day. And that is that as I, I had the shield of faith And it was a little bit bigger than a peanut butter jar lid. How many of you know that if you're going to use that for a for a shield, you're going to be busy. (laughs) You know, like that. But then as I spoke, remember all these weapons, it's an integrated system. As I spoke that word, that shield just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Almost, you know, got at one point it got bigger. Remember when we were kids and we used to use a trash can lid, you know, as a shield, you know, 
you know, the, you know, wooden sword and everything. And it got that big and things were, and, and as I continued to speak the word, it got so big that it was like a buckler. It just, it was, I could almost just stand behind it. You know, that's all I had to do. And there was another thing I'll never forget because you know, you hear people talk about a spirit of infirmity, a spirit of fear, a spirit of this and a spirit of that. You know, you name it, spirit of lust, you know. Do I believe that such things exist? Yes, in a measure I do. And what I had seen in that was it was as if there was one of these higher principalities, one of these cosmic forces of the darkness, who was throwing these wicked spirits at me. They were the they had come to inflame me with fear or lust or greed or whatever it was. And when that when that shield came up, not only did it deflect them, but it put out the fire. It extinguished. This is it says here. But the cool part, you want to hear the cool part? Was I actually heard it. And when those things hit that shield, it'd go, think, just like it would, you know, any solid. And I would hear that spirit go, ow! <laughs> and I went, I like the sound of that. Literally and figuratively, it's about time I got some payback. Amen. When we speak that word, it comes out of our heart. We hear it and, it, and, and we release the will of God. You know, it's, it's like Joshua. This is the gift of faith. I understand that. This isn't just saving faith. This is a gift of faith. But when Joshua, when they were chasing the enemy and, and, and he said, moon, stand out over Gibeon and uh, sun, stand over Gibeon, moon, stand over Ajalon. And the sun didn't go back down for about the space of a whole day. That's the gift of faith because, you know, you can go out and try that. And I promise you it will not work. Not without the gift of faith. All right. And yet the point is he had to say it in order for it to be released. Paul looked and saw there was a man back there that had in the back. I think it was Lystra infinite like it. And he said, stand up right on your feet. He had to tell the guy. The guy had to hear it. He had to be commanded. There is something about that command. There is something about releasing that word off your lips, into your life, into your environment, into your family, into that the, the, the enemy has no answer for that except to shut you up. And, you know, but then we see as we begin to bring this in for a landing. And this is part of swinging that sword. Ephesians 6, 18, which follows immediately, says praying at all times in the spirit. Yes, that means in tongues. With all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all saints. I've said this for years. If you're going to put on the spiritual armor and not pray, you are all dressed up with no place to go. Amen. That armor isn't just for walking around on the bricks. It is for getting down and getting down and dirty, so to speak, in the spirit and praying after. You know, Paul even said over in 1 Corinthians 14, what is the outcome then? I shall pray with the spirit, meaning in tongues, and I shall pray with the understanding. We should pray with our understanding. I will sing with the spirit. 
And I will sing with the understanding. Somebody says, well, I never sing in tongues. Well, it's time to start. It's time to start singing in the spirit. Well, where can I do that? Do it in your car. Turn off Apple Music or whatever it is, you know, and sing your own song to the Lord. Amen. And the cool part about that is, no matter how goofy it sounds to you, to him, it's music. It's lovely. All right. And speak the word over those for whom we pray. Declaring Jesus' lordship over each and every situation. Remember, we are his imagers. We are the authorized soldiers he has sent. When you walk into the room, Jesus comes into the room with you. And in you. Amen. If our musicians would come. Now I'm telling you. The news is going to get darker. I mean we've had crazy things happen in the last 48 hours. And the news is going to get darker. If you let it. It will depress you. It will put fear in you. Because that is what. Our mainstream media and our government tries to do is to try to get us to be so afraid that we'll comply with whatever they tell us to do. I mean, they want to control everything. That's, you, you wait and see this central bank digital currency. Promise you that is so that we're entering the they're ready for their surveillance state. And, you know, I said, well, that's conspiracy theory. No, it's conspiracy fact. You know, it's already operating in several other countries. We know where it's going. And the Bank of International Settlements has already published stuff letting us know that it is programmable money. And they said, oh, by the way, the CBDCs, each, each country can have its own central bank like us, but they all need to be coordinated with each other with one overarching authority. Yeah, they've already, no, I'm talking about the Bank of International Settlements, which is the central bank's central bank, has published that. I'm not just making this up. They've published that. So without the mark, you can neither buy nor sell. How many of you follow me? You can see what's coming. I mean, you know, we're not, we're not stupid, all right? So we declare Jesus' lordship. Now, here's the thing. I don't care who falls. Don't let it affect you. I don't care who wipes out. Who winds up like a bug on a windshield. You don't quit. In Ezekiel chapter 14. Ezekiel. The, uh, God is telling Ezekiel. That he is judging Jerusalem. And he is judging Jerusalem strongly. And he says in verse 12. Therefore then the word of Yahweh came to me saying. Son of man. If a country sins against me by committing unfaithfulness and I stretch out my hand against it to destroy its supply of bread and send famine against it and cut off from it both man and beast. Even though these three men, Noah, Daniel and Job, were in its midst by their own righteousness, they could deliver they could only deliver themselves, declares the Lord Yahweh. Now, somebody might look at that and say, well, that's depressing. No, it's not. It's encouraging. It means that no matter what happens, no matter what goes down around you, that if you will walk with God, God will deliver you. Amen. And you don't have to, you know, I, I mean, we, I weep for my people who are about to be left behind that the Lord spoke to us in 2002. 
And we're seeing it. And believe me, all of the crutches on which people have been leaning all this time, God is one at a time just taking them away so that they will begin, hopefully, begin to realize that they need to come to Jesus. They need to come to somebody who can truly help them. In fact, Psalm 91, 7. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. The other day, when, when, last time when Phil came to visit, and I'll give him attribution on this. You know, we're sitting there talking. He said, I tell, used to tell people all the time, it does not matter who falls. That is written to you and you believe it. You stand on it. You don't give up. You don't waver. You don't flinch. Booyah. And if you do flinch, don't run away. You know, we don't get points for style. Everybody, anybody besides me glad about that. All right. No matter who fails, no matter who loses it, no matter who runs into something that, and you're going like, why did that happen? That's not for you to decide. That's not for you to need. You know, don't even worry about it. Don't even touch it with your mind. You walk. Well, you know, here's Jesus saying, you know, you know, Peter's following him and he says, you know, um, you know, you feed my sheep, feed my sheep, tend my lambs like that. And Peter turns around and points at John and says, well, what about him? I guess it, Jesus said, if I want him to stay until I come back, what is that to you? You follow me, irrespective of what happens with him. That's exactly the way it is. Your relationship with God is personal. We have a corporate relationship. But when it comes right down to it, God has no grandchildren. Nor does he have mere associates. All right. We know him up close and personal. All right. Let's all stand. And I'm going to tell you one more thing talking about prayer we bless the Lord of heaven at all times David knew that now when you read through the Psalms David complained he did but he always ended it in prayer in, in praise how many of you follow me here and Colossians chapter 4 in verse 2 says this devote yourself to prayer keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. When we are thankful, it gets our antenna up. It keeps us hearing the voice of the Spirit. When I am grousing and complaining and whining and squalling and bawling. Notice I didn't say if, I said when. I've said this many times. If you've never been mad at God, you haven't walked with him very long. Lord, what are you doing? More importantly, let me tell you what you're not doing. But in the midst of that, you keep your heart soft by being grateful, by being humble, by being thankful for the things he's doning, has done for you. Let me tell you about whining and complaining. They don't work. You know how I know? Uh, just guess. I have a PhD in whining. My, I have a doctorate in theology, but I have a super doctorate in whining. I have whined. And it never 
produced anything. In fact, one time I was in prayer complaining, didn't want even thinking about it, and the Holy Spirit literally said to me, call me by name, Kevin, stop whining. I'm like, I mean, you, it's like being slapped in the face with a wet fish. It's like, what? Well, Lord, that's just not very sensitive. I know that sometimes worshiping God in the midst of trouble is a sacrifice of praise. And it's all you can do to eke it out. You have to push. I know it. I know. I know. But that's what the Bible calls calls it, a sacrifice of praise. When you're raising your hands, when you have no positive. Oh, it's so nice to wake up in the morning and just be aware of God and to walk through the day and be aware of God or to go to prayer and just to sense his presence, and everything. Hallelujah. But you know, God is not one bit farther away when he seems like he's 10,000 miles away. And we have to realize the difference lies with us, not with him. And faith is doing what we know pleases the Lord whether we feel like it or not. Our God is faithful. Great and mighty things. I've, I'm in, you know, I've said to the Lord many times, Lord, we've been preparing, we've been preparing, we've been preparing, we've been preparing. You know, were you planning on doing this before I die? Because, you know, I, I was talking with Aaron the other day about some stuff and I said, I just kind of really wish I was your age instead of my age because I would really it would it would be fun to be under 40 when the when the when the real torrent breaks loose but you know what I did not get to choose the time I was born God did I didn't get to choose the place where I was born God did I didn't get to choose my parents God did I didn't get to choose my gender God did I didn't, you know, there's a whole lot that I have to just take and say, you know what? This is what God has for me. I'm going to submit myself to this and flow in it and trust the Lord of heaven that irrespective of what goes down around me, he will perfect that which concerns us. Those of you watching by web, if you do not know Jesus of Nazareth as your Lord and Savior, do not wait another day. Yes, the backside of the storm will be coming on shore within the next two to three months. I, you'll see it. There won't be any doubt. And you need to know Jesus. You need to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is the living son of God. He's God in the flesh and that the father has raised him from the dead. If you believe that, and can say that. I believe it. I believe that Jesus, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. And you ask him to come into your heart. Not as a formula, but as a heartfelt cry for his presence and his salvation and his lordship. The scripture says you shall be saved. You will be born again to a living hope. You will be take, you'll be rescued from out from under the boot and dominion of darkness and evil and transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son. Christian, I want to encourage you, press in, press in, press in, press in, press in. 
develop that intimate relationship, not just with God through, you know, prayer. That's it, it, as important as that is. That is very important. But through his word, because faith does not come by prayer. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by that word. And that word is truth. And that truth sets us free. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We hope this message has been a great blessing to you and has helped build your faith in Jesus. We encourage you to visit our app, Independence Christian Center, on your cell phone available from the Apple App Store or Android, Google Play. You can also find us on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, YouTube, and Facebook, again, under Independence Christian Center, or at our website, iccfamily, all one word, dot O-R-G, iccfamily.org. Our heart's desire here is to labor with the Lord in building His body. Until next time, may God's very best be yours.